Klausi-Eisen von euch da. And a new Irish record for Phil Healy, 22.99. Christy Cooney hands over the Sam Maguire Cup to Graham Canty, Cork All-Ireland Champions for the seventh time ever. Hello and welcome to the Star Sport Podcast. My name is Jack McCarran of the Southern Star and I'm joined as always by Star Sport Editor Kieran McCarthy. Mick McCarthy's second reign as Ireland manager has come to an end with former Dundalk boss Stephen Kenny set to formally take over the role on August 1st. But what does this all mean for Bandon's Conor Howerton and his future in a green shirt? On today's podcast, we'll be joined by Gavin Cooney from the42.ie to chat about Stephen Kenny's appointment to the top job in Irish football. But first, Kieran, it would be remiss of me not to wish you a happy birthday. What age did you turn today? Was it 21 again? 21 again at 17. So I'm feeling wiser today, not older, but I'm, I'm feeling a lot wiser. Um, it's it's different having a, a lockdown birthday, to be quite honest, Jack. Kind of, I wouldn't really recommend it, but it is what it is. Um, my birthday present was a bunch of flowers. I didn't ask for flowers, but I got flowers, but it is what it is. And um, what would your knowledge of flowers be? Could you tell me what the flowers were, or to your eye, are they just a bunch of flowers from a supermarket? Well, to be fair, there's, there's two separate um, bunches of flowers. One is tulips, and one is a little potted plant that she probably wanted and she probably wanted the tulips too so she's after killing two birds with one stone she got herself flowers and got me a present so um, in fairness like she, she's played a blinder on this one because all the shops are closed and she had intended to whisk me off my feet to far-flung destination um, outside Killarney but that's all been put in ice for the time being but yeah feeling older wiser the hair is getting a bit longer the hair is getting greyer I'm working in tracksuit pants every day, so life is good, Jack. Life is good. Yeah, the old uh, comfortable pants isn't the worst thing to come out of self-isolation and lockdown or quarantine or whatever you want to call it. But you mentioned that the shops were closed, and so that's why you were only given a bunch of flowers. You've obviously never heard of uh, the term internet shopping down in Killarney, have you not? Internet hasn't reached Kerry yet. (laughs) That's fair enough. It's unusual then that we are recording this podcast through the internet over Skype but look let's not get bogged down in the details Kieran, you had a chat with Gavin Cooney of the 42.ie a little earlier on about Stephen Kenny's appointment to the Ireland job Gavin covers the Ireland international team for the 42 and before we throw to Gavin and get his thoughts I just kind of wanted to get a sense of what you think Stephen's appointment means for Connor's Ireland career he's obviously 29 now so he's almost 30 so he should really be coming into his peak years at international level do you sense that this is a good appointment for Connor? I think it is Jack um, if you go back with Connor's Ireland career he got his debut under Martin O'Neill in 2017 but Martin O'Neill was very reluctant to kind of look to Connor in the in the big games um, he came on against Denmark in one game in the playoff for the, the World Cup and I think he played one, one or two minutes only a couple of minutes and he had in a couple of minutes off the bench against Serbia as well. So Martin O'Neill didn't trust Connor in the big games, and that's Martin O'Neill probably had his set of players at the time. Mick McCarthy was a fan of Connor, and Connor did play a lot more on, under Mick McCarthy. But 
I still don't think we saw the best of Conor Horan with Ireland. Not the Conor Horan that we've seen with Barnsley and with Villa. The kind of, I suppose, especially go back to last season when Villa got promoted from the Championship. Um, I think Conor got double-digit goals, and and he, he's like, in terms of creativity, like he's been, he's only got double-digit assists in maybe three out of the last five seasons between Villa and Barnsley. So. Connor is a creative force. We didn't see that with Ireland. All we've seen is, I think, one goal in 17 games. So the kind of general feeling is that Stephen Kinney's philosophy and the style he'll bring, that we might see the ball kept on the deck a bit more, and that might just play into Connor's hands because he's um, he can spot a pass, he can split a defence with that left foot. He's um, he's a creative outlet at club level that we haven't seen at international level. So that's what I, when I caught up with, with Gavin Cooney, it was just to, just to chat about that, just to see... Is there more to come from Connor? And we both think there is. We're going to chat a bit about what's the big news story or the big sports story of the last couple of days. Um, is Stephen Kinney taking over as Republic of Ireland manager? It's great that we actually have a live break in sports story too. And just want to see how this impacts um, Bandon's Connor Horan to start off with. Uh, Connor is the reigning West Cork Sports Star of the Year. He's West Cork's first ever Premier League footballer. He's West Cork's first ever Irish international. He's West Cork's first ever Irish international goal scorer. So he's big news um, in, in West Cork. So just a change of manager, Gavin, for someone like Connor, who's at his 28, 29 now. Does he have to prove himself all over again? Or has he kind of banked up enough credit to kind of be in the mix when Stephen Kinney puts his first squad together? I think uh, I think he's to prove himself to Stephen Kenny, But the good news is everyone has to prove themselves. Stephen Kenny and I I think there's no reason why Connor wouldn't benefit from Stephen taking over I know that Mick was you know Mick mainly probably gave Connor more of a chance than uh than most than Martin O'Neill or previous Irish managers um and he but he was still in and out you know I mean McCarthy's plan really was to pick 11 players for Gibraltar for that first game of Gibraltar uh just over a year ago and he generally stuck with them like that was the plan to build up cohesion and spirit on the pitch because you know, we could argue it's the pragmatic thing to do because there wasn't a whole lot of time on the training field and so on. And there were times when it felt like the grind would have to open up and swallow some people to get them out of that team. But unfortunately, Conor Heron was actually one of the very few kind of was in and out under Mick, even regardless of injuries. Um, and there was a sense he contributed, but you always felt there was more from him. He obviously scored that great free kick against Georgia right after the tennis ball protest in what was my sporting highlight of 2019 and now looks like being my sporting highlight of 2020 as well. Um, but like there's more to come than he was in and out. You know, he played, I think, did he play in Georgia, away to Georgia and he was very poor. But the problem was the whole team was poor. You know, there was times Connor often played to the left and the midfield three and there was just no cohesion around him. You know, James McLean is tenacious and gives everything, but he can't be, rely- you know, he can't be relied upon to be in the same position all the time. You know, you don't know where he's going to pop up. So it's very hard for a midfielder to look well when he doesn't know where McLean or where the forwards are going to be. And he'll get, there'll be more clarity of understanding on the ball and there'll be patterns of play in which to impress under Steven. You know, you, you know players players are, are hamstrung and, you know, it depends on the systems around them that can bring the best out of them. That's a kind of a long-winded answer to say that Steven, that Connor will have to prove himself, but everyone has to prove himself because, you know, there's, there's an idea out there that Stephen's going to take over now and you know bring in all the under twenty ones and get rid of all the old guys. It's not going to happen. You know Stephen Kenny is you know he's a winner and he's ruthless. Like he's not some blind um, fanatical ideologue who's going to come in and play 
tiki taka and pass our way, uh, try to pass our way around Spain and Germany and then get beaten, you know, four or five nil. It's not going to happen that way. Like he believes in playing his way because he believes it's the most, it's a pragmatic style. He believes it's the best way to win matches. Um, but he's going to, you know, everyone's going to get a chance and he'll, I think his first squad will be peppered with one or two youngsters, but the core of it will be players who played under Mick McCarthy. And I'd, I'd expect Conor Heron definitely to be, to be one of those. You kind of made a great point there, Gavin, that I suppose we, Connor's been kind of in and out of, of, of the Ireland team and we haven't seen the best of him. If you look at him, I think it's 15, 16 caps he has and he has that one goal that he got against Georgia and that was off the back of a man in a match performance away to Gibraltar, I think it was. But when you look at his record for Barnsley and Villa, like more often than not, Connor gets kind of double-digit double goals from midfield. He does carry a, a, a goal threat, whether, go back to this time at Plymouth, like I said, Barnsley, with Villa, but we haven't seen that with Ireland. He's got that one goal from a free kick, and maybe that's down to where he was used. Kind of, we weren't getting the best out of Conor Horan and what what he can offer. No, I don't think so. I mean, the one goal from Georgia came from a set piece with that free kick. Yeah, I mean, McCarthy wanted his. You know, one of the main differences from between O'Neill's and McCarthy, and uh, in terms of on the field and how they played, and there were actually very few differences really. Um, that McCarthy really wanted players to get forward and into the box more often um and he you know when he talked like that you got the feeling like he, he preferred alan alan brown was quite good at that and connor maybe wasn't as good as breaking into the box and getting on the end of things uh but that that job mostly fell to jeff hendrick i mean if you remember the denmark game at home the idea was like they didn't really you know there was an idea that they had to win the game they didn't go out to win it really they went out to keep it tight and hopefully nick a goal the team was set up uh, not to have to score more than once uh, rather than to actually win the game uh, if you think about it that way and it was Jeff Hendrick that was running beyond David McGoldrick. So I think Harren wasn't really given a chance to play that role. And it's not to put all the blame on McCarthy. I think, you know, Harren definitely, he wasn't involved in games enough. He can definitely do better. But I wouldn't write off the last year and say he's been a massive disappointment for Ireland because he was in a system that wasn't necessarily set up to bring the best out of him. And if you look at him at Villa as well, I think he's been a little bit harshly done, treated at Villa. You know, they just signed so many players and like, he's been kind of sacrificed in midfield to make way for Danny Drinkwater. And you're like, why? You know what I mean? Danny Drinkwater, like his career is, is more or less on hold. He's not a serious footballer at the moment. And Harren owes Villa has been great for Villa. And I think he can feel a little bit hard done by there. Um, but yeah, I think, look, I mean, he, he can definitely do more. And I think Harren will be the first to admit, I always find it interesting talking to him. Just And now these are press conferences and, and so on. And you're hoping to, you know, you ask him about Villa and, you know, we, we would have talked to him around the time they got promoted and got into the Premier League. And you're like, Connor, this must be, you know, you went to, was it Sunderland and then dropped down the leagues and worked back up. This must be a crowning moment. You must be very proud. And he'd say, yeah, it's good, but come on, kick on now. You know, he's not, he's not satisfied with just being, just spending a season in the Premier League. He wants to be successful. He wants to be a regular Ireland international. And he'll get the chance. Stephen is going to give everyone a chance. Like he's not going to, you know, he's not going to go in and, like, I mean, okay, Glenn Whelan, I don't think he'll be given a chance. I think we might have seen the last of Glenn Whelan. But other than that, you know, you'll see lots of uh, going around the internet now, uh, uh, predicted Stephen Kenny lineups and who should play. And, you know, people are picking a team of teenagers and you're like, it's not going to be that way. So Connor will have the chance to prove himself just as everyone else will. You made a good, good point there with Aston Villa, I suppose, this season. I think Connor, seven goals from midfield. He's our second top goal scorer behind Jack Grealish, but. He was definitely in and out of, of the Villa team, um, especially after that last to Man City. I don't think he started for four or five games. But when it comes now 
when it comes to Stephen Kinney in Ireland, like there'll be talks about philosophy, kind of Mick McCarthy had his structure and Stephen Kinney will have his style. And it seems that Stephen Kinney's style is more to keep the ball on the ground. Would that be fair to say? Is that something that could suit suit Conor Horan, the fact that he might actually get on the ball more and be able to influence the play a lot more than maybe he was under Mick McCarthy's style? Completely. He's got a great left foot. And look, he can handle himself. He's not, you know, he's not, He's not a lightweight at this level, but he's not the most physical of players either. And yeah, no, absolutely. That style of play should, should absolutely suit him. And we go back to, you know, midfielders' passes often look, are made to look good by the person on the end of them. And it's just with the way McCarthy's team played, it was all frantic and frenetic and all kind of random. And especially on the, on the left, James McLean was picked because he was great at going back. But sometimes from your wingers, you don't want that. You know, you don't want them doubling up as a left back because it actually can bring more pressure onto you. And then it gives him more ground to cover and he won't be in a position to, you know, be slipped in behind. Like you can imagine Conor Howrahan in the midfield playing balls, like really good passes with his left foot in between the fullback and say the right sided centre back. And Kenny's teams are going to be set up to play that way. I mean, he'll likely, he'll pick a forward, a pretty strong muscular number nine to you know to run off the defenders and run into channels and then you'll you'll see wide attackers cutting in playing relatively narrow and you can imagine how with his left foot is the kind of player that could pick out those passes and be very effective what are your own thoughts on Stephen Kinney taking over now and um, like I said at the start Gavin it's a it's a live sports story and it probably came out of the blue a small bit we probably weren't expecting this for another couple of weeks or another couple of months that Mick McCarthy's reign would be ended and Stephen Kinney just takes over now. Is it the right call at the right time or should Mick have been left finish out this qualification process in that game against Slovakia whenever that would be played? I'm looking at this yawning void of sports news and thinking, God, why didn't the FAI drag this out for a few weeks longer? Uh, but to be fair to them, they've acted swiftly and decisively. And I think in a very difficult circumstance, I think they've made the right call. Uh, it makes sense financially, first of all, because Stephen has actually been paid much less than, than Mick. Um, and I think they made the right... Look, it was difficult, obviously, but they inherited an utterly ludicrous situation in which there were two managers contracted. And to be fair, John Slane and the F- old FAI board cannot be blamed for not foreseeing a global pandemic, uh, the likes of which we haven't seen in a century. Okay, fair enough. Let's uh, let's not blame them for that. But you couldn't have... like The contracts were time-dated. You know, Mix was up on the 31st of July. Stevens was up on the 1st of August. So the text of the agreement, they decided to stick to that. The spirit of the agreement, you could say... Mick deserved to stay on for the Euros, but it wasn't a clean-cut thing because the chances are that the Euros playoff will be played after the Nations League campaign, and possibly even after qualification for the 2022 World Cup. So you couldn't have a scenario in which Mick ends up taking charge of most of Stephen's, uh, Stephen's campaign. I think, to be honest, I think Stephen should have uh, should have been appointed after Martin O'Neill. I, Mick McCarthy was a safe pair of hands, but he, you know there's just a lot of continuity from Martin O'Neill, and you're continuing with something that just didn't work. So... I think it was the right call. Uh, I'm extremely excited now, I have to say, by what Stephen brings. There's going to be big challenges for him uh, in terms of dealing with the scrutiny. One small thing is the fact that he'll be living in Ireland. I mean, since uh, I think uh, Owen Hand and Brian Kerr are the only managers since I think John Giles started to actually live in Ireland, Irish managers to actually live in Ireland. And that brings its own pressure. It's hard to get away from it. So that, there, that level of intensity, there'll be a level of scrutiny he's not aware of before. And, you know, there'll be people saying, oh, he's not got a CV. Like, these players won't respect his CV. Like, if they don't respect his CV, then they have no right to really be there. You know I mean? 
and I, this isn't to say that they won't respect his CV. I think they will. A lot of the Irish players come from League of Ireland backgrounds. You know, Seamus Coleman is the captain. He came from Sligo Rovers. Uh, Matt Doherty is possibly the best player, and he's he came from a League of Ireland player, background. He played with Bowes. Um, most of the upcoming talent have played with Stephen already at 21 and respect him. Uh, so I think that uh, it won't be an issue. And anyway, like, I mean, Damien Duff is on the ticket, so people will respect him. And they're already aware that he's not afraid to make big decisions because if they look around and look at his backroom staff, Robbie Keane's not there. You know, Stephen and Robbie Keane was contracted to be with the FAI for another two years. And he's not there because Stephen Kenny doesn't want him there. So, like, that's Ireland's record goal scorer and he's not there. So, uh, you know, he, he's, he won't be afraid to make, make big decisions. I think he'll be respected. And I think, I think it's exciting because it's different. You know, we're now finally going to have an Irish manager who talks about the Irish player achieving things because of the Irish players rather than in spite of them. You know, McCarthy would never criticise his players and so on. But there was a poverty of ambition in how he played. O'Neill seemed to dislike most of the Irish players, to be honest, the way he talked about them. And he was always talking. And Trapattoni said there was, you know, we have uh, we've no league here. You know, so uh, it's just exciting for something different, really. And I hope he's going to be very successful. You're after getting me excited now for the start of the Stephen Kinney reign, Gavin. I can't wait. Hopefully it'll be sooner rather than later. But while I have you on here with us as well, um, there's almost a solidarity, I think, with sports journalists at the moment because, and we touched on it here, there is no live sports. So we're all having to to shake that box of ideas and that can of ideas that we have to keep our, our, our readers and listeners entertained. Um, the 42 always have kept me entertained. Brilliant website. You do brilliant work up there. And people can still kind of, I suppose, help out. And you have a great membership package. Can you tell us a small bit about that and, and what people will get for that and how they can subscribe to become a member of the 42? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Well, first of all, tell your listeners, editorially, we're heavily Cork biased because we Adrian Russell <laughs> is from Cork, he's our editor. And we've got Gavin Casey and Paul Dollery and Mora on the staff as well. Yeah, so, I mean, look, I mean, everyone, it's a tough time for media. I think anyone who read the Irish Times or saw the reports last week will realise that uh, our company's having our own issues and we, we've... Um, well, there's look, colleagues across the company are affected in a more profound way than us, but the 42 is scaled back for the time being in terms of operate, in terms of just hours and, and, st- um, and staff are keeping it so on. But uh, the show is very much still on the road. And if you do want to support us, uh, we've got our membership package. Uh, Members.the42.ie is where you'll find it and be able to sign up. Uh, it's a fiver a month or, boom tish, 42 euro a year. And you get loads for it. Uh, so everything on the 42 is free and re- remains so. But we've loads more. I, I do a podcast called Behind the Lines where we talk to sports writers uh, about their career and they bring along uh, their favourite examples of sports writing in an example, in an idea I totally didn't rip from Desert Island Discs in case there are any BBC lawyers, I think. Uh, but Rugby Weekly and Rugby Weekly Extra continues with Murray Kinsel and Gavin Casey. There's loads more. We're launching a few more podcasts. I'm doing another one with a guy called Seamus O'Reilly who I worked with before uh, called Really Into Years, which is we pick a year and just kind of chat about the stranger and better moments of it. It's formatted nostalgia, I think, which we're all doing at the moment. Uh, and then there's loads more um, Warriors, the GA series. There's lots in there, these newsletters. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm rabbiting on with this plug for long enough. Uh, but uh, if you are interested, we'd be delighted if you could support us, members.the42.ie. So I kind of just back everything that Gavin said there, like for all of our listeners, kind of 42, it's done terrific work and we'll continue to do so. And like you mentioned, Adrian Russell, I suppose Adrian had a book out last year, the double, at the same time I had a book out something in the water and they were both by Mercier Press and we did a book signing in Bandon Shopping Centre in um, October, November and it's worth asking Adrian about our, our giant book signing. We were inundated that day with 
with, with people queuing up for the book. So there's a there's a story in, in that in itself. Um, if, but that's really scraping the bottom of the barrel, Gavin. So I'd leave that till, <laughs> till really late in the summer before before you get to that. So um, thanks so much. For, thanks so much for joining us. Brilliant yeah, chat. My, my pleasure. Thanks for listening to the Star Sport Podcast, the only podcast dedicated to all things sport in West Cork. Don't forget to pick up this Thursday Southern Star newspaper, including our award-winning sports section with everything a West Cork sports fan could want. In shops across West Cork and online from anywhere in the world via www.southernstar.ie forward slash e-paper. The Southern Star and the Star Sport Podcast, number one for sport in West Cork. Welcome back to the Star Sport Podcast. And before we take a look at what's to come, in this week's Southern Star Sports section, we have to touch on the biggest talking point in West Cork sport over the last few days, and that is, of course, Pitch Perfect. Our search to find the best GA surface in the entire region. Kieran, you've been running daily polls, various group stages, a lot of interest, a lot of uptake. What can you tell us so far? Um, the, the uptake has been fantastic there's been huge interest in this Jack like you said it's the it's our search to find the best pitch best playing surface in West Cork GEA so that takes in the Carby division and the Barra division and um, we had the live draw on last week's podcast and it's a World Cup style basically there's eight groups of four top two progress from each group into last 16 and it's knockout stages from there on in right through to the final so already there's been a a couple of very strong performers. Cassidhaven t- topped Group A, very strong performance there. With um, O'Donovan Rossa came up on top in Group B, and St Mary's have topped Group C in Group D. I think it was either kind of killed your band and brought it in, progressed. So you some of the the top pitches are coming to the fore here, and, and they are progressing to the knockout stages. And what I'm looking forward to when we get to the last 16, Jack, it's going to be knockout from there on in. And already we have one last 16 tie is Castlehaven against Carberry Rangers. When these two meet in the senior football championship, sparks fly. And now there'll be a competitive element to this too, albeit on an online Twitter poll, which you have a Haven and Ross West Cork Derby in the last 16. So it's brilliant. The direction and the feedback so far has been very, very positive. It's basically, we're going to have a bit of fun with this because we have no competitive sport at the moment. So this will help us pass three weeks um, with a bit of crack. It, it highlights how good the pitches are here in, in West Cork too. And what I've uh, really enjoyed is the different clubs and different people uh, attached to different clubs have put up pictures of their of their playing surfaces. Um, let's say Tuesday's draw at the moment is Group E, and that includes Adrigal, Argadine Rangers, Bear Island and Kilbritton. And Argadine, Bear Island and Kilbritton have all posted saw the pictures of their pitches posted and they look fantastic so all the pitches are kind of they're the real winners in all this of course we would have one overall winner but it's just great to see um, I suppose something competitive in a time when there is no competitive sport so all, all going well so far we'd have the group stages finished off by the end of this week then it's straight into the last 16 there's, there's, there's no let up here Jack there's no days to kind of for pitches to kind of get other thoughts prepare for the last 16 we're straight in to the to the knockout stage of this and it's going to be some some huge derbies I can actually already see on, on the way up to the next couple of weeks. Um there's a potential Castlehaven skib derby in a quarter final if both of those can emerge from their last sixteen. So plenty of talking points in the weeks ahead. Well very diplomatic of you there, Kieran, saying that the real winners here 
are the pitches something very shooter mcgavin-esque about that but yeah if people want to get involved they can just hop onto twitter and follow kieran or not follow kieran whichever the polls are open to all and uh, just remind us of your twitter handle kieran just so i don't butcher it uh, where, where can people find these polls it's on twitter jack and it's at kieran mac k-i-e-r-a-n-m-c-c underscore s-s which is for southern star so it's at kieran mac underscore ss you'll find me there and please feel free to follow me i i'm never slow to reject followers jack i'm as you know i'm all about myself so the more followers i have the better so feel free to follow me and just vote on the polls um vote on every poll every day even if it's at your club involved in the in the group stage of the last 16 just have your say and the take-up so far has been huge like we're having six seven eight hundred people voting every day on, on these different polls which is a massive take-up um so get involved and we at the end of the day we'll find what the people of twitter feel is the best pitch best paint surface in west cork yeah absolutely get on it's a bit of crack and as kieran says at the end of it all hopefully we'll have an agreeable winner but before we wrap up today's show as always we're just going to take a quick look at what's coming up in this week's sports section and kieran you set me on a few things to to get the juices flowing and i have to say as always i'm very excited about the finished product so what can people look forward to this week even though there is no live sport as we keep saying that hasn't stopped the star sport 16 pages again this thursday um one of my favorite features in this thursday star jack is i've picked a 1 to 15 a ga team of i suppose west cork sports stars who played ga at one stage of their careers but don't know that they've excelled in different sports so we mentioned kind of horror in there he was kind of in primary school and he was a real kind of blossom talent in cork football and he's taken a center forward slot on this team because brian hurley was telling me before about about kind of horror because they played in the same kind of um uh, primary school's football team for Cork and he said that Connor could have been the difference with a lot of Cork underage teams on the way up that he was that good uh, a footballer the likes of John ha- John Hodgett Dean Witcherly in your brain from Skibbereen was a, a super footballer with Joe Donovan Rasa ladies um, so we picked a, a 1 to 15 and have a manager too so it, it's a it's a different sort of piece it, it's, it's interesting when you when you see how many sports people actually started off in GE and now are excelling in different sports um for example, Finney Witcherly, the that Kirkill joint, um, actually, who's now playing Munster, played underage with St. Columns. He was a full-back in the St. Columns uh, football team, all the way up to under-16, and he won a couple of West Cork and County titles there. So it's, it's just a different piece. It's it's interesting. So that's a historian there. They also talked to John Cleary of Castlehaven GA fame about the 1983 Munster senior football final between... Cork and Kerry. This is the latest in our series of classic games. Um, that's a very famous game that fans will remember because they stopped Kerry's bid for nine in a row with a late famous uh, famous uh, Tyler Murphy goal. So John Cleary's thoughts on that game is well worth to read. It was his first Munster final, his first season with the Cork seniors, and he just talks us through the build-up um, how Cork weren't given a chance, and his thoughts and memories of the game itself. She is one of the Skibbereen Roars who had her sights set on trying to qualify for this year's Olympics that have obviously been postponed to next year. And 
it's basically a chat about Emily's career to date from when she started off when she was 10 to where she is now when she's on the cusp of becoming Skibreen Rowan Club's first female Olympian obviously the O'Donovan brothers and Eugene Coakley Richie Coakley and Timmy Harnity of all versus Ireland at the Olympics but we've never had a, a female Olympian from Skibreen Rowan Club and um, so Emily still has a great chance of that because there's still an opportunity for Rowan Ireland to qualify the women's four for next year's Olympics so it's a good good chat with Emily Hegarty a very interesting character just touching over a couple of small things because there's a lot in there this week Jack it's great value again Joe McCarthy has spoken to Cork senior footballer and O'Donovan Rossa footballer Laura O'Mahony on her career to date I caught up with Alan O'Shea he's the well-known Bantry runner who won the Cork Marathon back in 2007 who is also a, a, a doctor. So it's a very interesting take um, from, from Alan on this, suppose, this ongoing battle with COVID-19 because he's on the front line. He can see it every day. His wife, Suzanne, who qualified as a dentist, has gone back in as a nurse at the ICU and she's treating COVID-19 patients. So Alan makes a great point saying that um, this is a marathon. It's not a sprint. We can't get complacent. He kind of refers back to when he's running. He said if he's winning a marathon after 24 miles, he never lets up because he knows the marathon is 26.2 miles. So he goes, we have to get to the finish line. This, But he said the good news is that there will be a finish line. So it's a really interesting take and it's another local angle on, on the, the ongoing um, coronavirus um, pandemic. And also, Jack, you'll be glad to know Orla Cronin is back in with another delicious recipe this week. Um, she's given us healthy banana bread. Uh, she gave us her chicken and chickpea curry last week and now she's come back with a healthy rhubarb tart and again it's just mind blowing it just it makes you want to to bake this food first and eat it it's just she's knocking it out of the park or the, um, she's doing a great job so they're just some of the highlights Jack and there's plenty more in there besides so this week Southern Star again packed with the best of West Cork sport on sale Thursday morning yeah as Kieran said the Southern Star will be in shops across West Cork and far beyond from Thursday morning and if you can't make it to the shops for whatever reason you can also pick up a digital copy online just go to www.southernstar.ie forward slash e-paper and if you prefer to read the physical copy we can deliver it to your front door via a postal subscription to avail of our postal subscription service just call 0282120000 and ask to be signed up to a postal subscription and uh, I'm actually quarantining myself for lack of a better phrase again in County Limerick at the minute so I'm actually not in West Cork so I myself have availed of the postal subscription service and it arrived on my doorstep at 9 o'clock last Friday morning so you won't be waiting around for weeks on end to get your Southern Star fix 24 hours after it's in shops in West Cork it can be at your house anywhere in the country or in West Cork if you're just quarantining yourself in your house down in Kalekill or over in Castle Town Kinnis so if you want it just call 028 21200 and Kieran, before we wrap up this week's show just on a food theme since you were talking about Orla's recipe which is in this week's star it's Easter this weekend Easter Sunday of course and I know you're a glutton for the chocolate and the sweets so I just wanted to ask what is your Easter egg of choice what will you wake up to on Sunday morning 
and would you be disappointed if you get the wrong easter egg so yeah just tell us what's the easter egg you crave most it has to be a Cadbury's Easter egg, Jack. Just has to be kind of. I know nesting all those are they're nice, but Cadbury's have the best Easter egg by far. And my Easter egg of choice would be a twirl. It would be a twirl, I have to say. Kind of, it's just a, a classic. It's the perfect package. Oh yeah, because you're getting you're getting the bars and you're getting the Cadbury's Easter egg um, or a Buttons Easter egg. I'm a bit of a child at heart as well, so I wouldn't say no to Buttons Easter egg, but they're rather on the small side. So splurge on a bigger Easter egg, and especially with what's going on at the moment, we should enjoy Easter Sunday get an Easter egg for yourself an Easter egg and the Southern Star after your Sunday roast with Easter Sunday can it get much better than Jack can it get much better than that Jack even I don't think it can it's the perfect Easter Sunday in lockdown Ireland absolutely and I have to say uh, your shout with a twirl is a good one because I think a twirl is an underappreciated chocolate bar and I'm just looking I have a cup of tea here beside me right now I don't actually have a bar of chocolate alongside it but just the word twirl it goes perfect with a cup of tea a twirl bar that is and then the Cadbury's Easter egg alongside it perfection really and as you said a copy of the Southern Star sports section to leaf through as well but we'll leave it there for this week thanks for listening to the Star Sport Podcast we'll be back at some time on Friday it'll be our second edition of the classic game series where we'll be revisiting the 1983 Munster final as Kieran said so keep your eyes peeled across southernstar.ie for that one if you enjoy these shows please make sure to rate review and subscribe on iTunes Spotify YouTube Acast Stitcher or wherever else you listen to the show